With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. And welcome to Tando Radio Show. Uh, this is Scotty Reed, of course. <laughs> it's me again. Hey, do we have the host for Tando Radio Show on the line? Hello? Area code 860. Who do we have on the line? Yes, this is Alex Primo. How are you tonight? I'm doing okay, sir. Um, I believe Sister Cece is going to be hosting this program with you. Um, I, that, that is correct. Okay, I believe that she got disconnected or or something happened, Sister Cece. Uh, if you want to give us a call back in seven zero four nine five one five zero three zero seven zero four nine five one five zero three zero. Um, I'm sorry, caller. What was your name again? This is Alex Primo. Oh, Alex, you were on uh, last week, I believe, or earlier this week. Yes, early. indeed. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right. So I know that um, Sister Cece said that y'all were going to, among other things, I suppose, that y'all were going to be talking about the black community and the mu- and, and the impact certain music has had on the black community. So as we wait for Sister Cece, would you like to start us on that conversation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Good afternoon and good evening, everyone. This is Alex Primo from Black Thoughts and Theory, and Solidarity Equals Victory. Today I want to talk about um, the impact that certain forces, both external and internal, have had on the black community. And one of them is our music. The music that we listen to, the sounds that we hear every day in the car, in the house, just in, in auditoriums everywhere across the globe, if you look around us. Our music is so pervasive, it touches so many in so many different ways. But this music, which started off as a positive thing, has been corrupted and turned into something that's relatively negative. Meaning, to go back to 1973, uh, you know, in New York City, where they invented something called hip-hop. It was a very positive thing. It actually started with cool DJ Herc going to party for his sister. A loving event of close family members. Block party group of family members. That's the birth of hip-hop. Now you think it's hip-hop, 
you don't think of dancing, art, music even. You think of jewelry, champagne, strip clubs. You think of negative things that have nothing to do with elevating your mind, with building your community, or enhancing your, 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 your culture. This is what we're facing as a group today. Music that attacks us instead of elevating us. And that's something that we must change. Because everything in the universe has a vibe, a vibration, a frequency. Music affects that frequency. So if we're not going to elevate ourselves, we're going to dance ourselves into extinction. So what I'm talking about, folks, is exploring the way music impacts us. Exploring the way you have corporations taking Australian women like Iggy Azalea, putting her on stage and giving her some lines to repeat, and people buying it. That's not hip-hop. As a group, as a community, we shouldn't even allow that to exist in our realm. We should collectively denounce these individuals. There should never come a time where awards have been giving out for hip-hop, and you have people like Macklemore being called a better MC than Kendrick Lamar. It's impossible. It's not even conceivable. So what we must do as a group, once again, is pull back the reins, peel back the layers, and say to America, we are reclaiming our art form. It's ours. You can't have it. We're taking it back. No more guys wearing fingernail polish and getting their hair done next to their girlfriends. No more of that. No more of the actual <laughs> random Caucasians coming in thinking they invented something that they can't even comprehend. No more of the violence that doesn't even exist in reality. I mean, you got rappers talking about gang bosses and mob bosses when in reality, do you really see black mob bosses? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's just reflect on that for a minute. Yeah. Well, before we do, let me just uh, turn the program over to Sister Cece, who has joined us. She's your host, uh, co-host uh, for today. So I'm going to turn it over to her and just want to let you know she had joined you. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Hello. Can everyone hear me? <laughs> yes, indeed, my sister. How are you? I am excellent. How are you? Um, Scotty, I'm not able to control the board at this moment, so um, I'm going to just kind of rely on you. I can't see who's okay. on the call, but we actually should have two guests um, my, and myself. Uh, we should have um, Alex, my Facebook friend, and then we should also have another guest, um, uh, Mr. Abasi, on the line. Right now, um, it's just you and Alex. Oh, just Alex. Okay, well, so Alex, um, thank you for coming on the show again with me today. I so appreciate your wisdom and knowledge that you have on this subject matter. And um, no problem, no problem. Yes, it is. It is. It is very important that our listeners um, it, tune in to what we have to say today because I think after after um, being exposed to this NWA movie. I find that people have a lot of different opinions as far as where the music industry has taken us and not taken us. There are some people that just are not aware of um, MK Ultra. I think you and I talked about that a little bit uh, when we were on here last week. 
Indeed. Um, but but people are just not aware of the vibrational signals that are being um, uh, that are infiltrating our neighborhoods via the CD player or the MP3 player or whatever. Uh, they don't realize that um, that has been used as warfare uh, previously. The the vibrational um, the vibrations and the sounds and all that. So. I look forward to talking to you about all these different subjects as far as the music industry is concerned. Well, it's funny you mention MK Ultra, and um, let me just take a minute to explain what that is, because so some folks may not know. MK Ultra is a mind control slash brainwashing operation that's been used by the government of, as a matter of fact, many countries, but specifically the United States under the hands of the control of the CIA. This program was tested on both military and civilians alike. What it does is it takes different images and impressions, and it hits you with them so many times until you actually become accustomed to them. Now, it goes deeper than that. I'm trying to simplify this, of course. But what it does is it makes you almost neutral to some things that should be disgusting or repulsive or insulting. And when you do that to a person, it makes them easier to control. It peels away their barriers and boundaries that keep them safe. Talking about music, the same thing happens with the music industry. You get inundated with all of this negative information, these negative signs and symbols and videos and, and whatever you want to call it. Then you have that information rallying around your brains. So when someone repeats this inward to you or tells you that you're a thug or that you're a gangster, you start thinking, yeah, that's what I am. Yeah, I'm going to repeat that. You become what they say you are. And if you know anything about hip-hop, that's the opposite of what hip-hop is about. Hip-hop is about self-expression, becoming more of what you are, never letting someone else tell you what you are. That's why I'm saying to folks, we have to reclaim our, our own art form because it's been corrupted. So MKUltra is a program, and it's already been admitted to by the government, by the way. You can research this. CIA has, the CIA has admitted to using this program on people. And a lot of examples within the music industry exist. For example, people like um, Molly Cyrus. Molly Cyrus is a perfect example of what they call a kitten, where she, she's been programmed to be very sexualized. That's how she went from being Molly Cyrus in the little Kyle Montana show, totally innocent, devoid of corruption, to being Molly Cyrus up on stage twerking with, what's the name, Robin Thicke. So right. you're talking about almost like a different person. But that's the kind of mind control that these puppeteers utilize on people in the music and entertainment industry and other industries also. But that's something that's very real. It's been admitted to. So it's not like it's right. conspiracy theory. Well, you know what? Um, the thing is, um, I think that we as a people, I'm not even just talking about black people, but all people, um, because the music industry is a very large part of our existence. You know, that's just what we do. Immediately, we listen to music for, you know, a good feeling, to relax, whatever. We listen to music. Um, but as we fail to dig into the substance of things, you know, we just kind of let things go by the wayside. We watch the news as these pop stars, rock stars, rap stars look as if they're crazy 
instead of recognizing that there's a bigger beast behind um, their calamity. Um, I can go into many different things. We could talk about Michael Jackson, you know, how why things went the way that they went with him. You could look at Britney Spears, why she shaved off the side of her head. She was going through a rebellion. She was trying to break free of that mind control. Um, and it's, it's just there. I mean, once you take that um, step to become a, quote, star, you are going to be infiltrated with these people's agenda for your life. You are no longer your own. Um, I mean, I have my own thoughts about what really happened with Bill Cosby. I mean, we're looking at that like, uh, you know, oh, it, it's just some simple, uh, he gave people medication and he drugged them and all that. No, it's much deeper than that. I mean, the little bit that they're telling you, there's a whole rabbit hole behind the rest of it. But again, well, we have just become so complacent. Indeed. It's funny you mentioned Bill Cosby and, and drugs because I don't know if a lot of folks are aware of this. Some of you are, I'm sure, but. If you go back to ancient Greece, they had a word for drug sorcery, a drug magic, called pharmakeia. Pharmakeia. Yes. And the word sounds familiar because that's where you get the word pharmacy from. As in mm-hmm. CVS, pharmacy, Walgreens, uh-huh. pharmacy, pharmaceuticals, big pharma, big pharma. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... You're talking about using potions, elixirs, drugs to achieve magical effects on people. Mm-hmm. That's something you've you got to understand that's going to be prevalent. We're talking about folks who are not righteous-minded. Drugs, right. drugs, sex, and violence are key elements in the actual world of the secularist who seek to destroy what we call peace and unity. Because that's what it's about. Whether you believe it or not, as they destroy hip-hop and music and celebrities and cultures and, and nations, they're seeking to destroy life as we know it. And they're doing it little by little because what they're seeking to do is depopulate this planet down to about 500 million. And that's what they claim to the Georgia Guidestones. Now, that could be just fiction, but... It's just interesting that that number pops up, and it happens to match up nicely with the reductions that they're looking at projecting forward. They want to reduce the, the world down to 500 million. Mm-hmm. Have a bunch of elitists and their slaves. Mm-hmm. So we talk about yeah. depopulating yeah. Africa. We talk about depopulating India. We talk about depopulating China. You're talking about reducing global populations to a point where the elitists or globalists, what you want to call them, can control the world. And it's no longer mm-hmm. speculation because they told you in Agenda 21, they said sustainable development. We're going to kick people out of these areas, turn them into cities, then we're going to send them out. This is mm-hmm. not speculation. You can look this up and document it. Right. So we have discussed, we've, we've discussed, you know, the people that actually listen to this radio program are like, you know, very in tune to um, what is really going on in the world. That's why they listen because they like knowledge and information. Now, if excellent, you're talking excellent. about the, the the regular everyday person that you know just watches TV and takes it as like God's word or the honest gospel, you know, then we have a problem. 
But our listeners that tune into this, I mean, we, we all are just very open to knowledge and any information you give us. And, you know, we like to go and, and do some more research later on and have more subject matter to talk about. So we appreciate it. Great. Now, let me go back into hip-hop for a second here because you mentioned NWA. And I have a group called um, Real Hip-Hop Underground Music and Culture. That's a long name. But it's <laughs> yeah. interesting how I got into a debate with a young brother who told me that NWA was the modern version of Public Enemy. And, of course, I thought he was insane, but, you know, I try to show respect and just try to talk to him a little bit, educate him. But one thing I pointed out to him was this. I don't ever recall Chuck D wearing sequin suits and makeup. Now, right, I could be wrong. Right. I could be wrong, but I've never seen it. Now, right. I know for a fact that Dr. Dre wore sequin right. suits and makeup because I had the album. That's <laughs> I mean, right. I, You're absolutely I, I right. I was a DJ. I was a DJ, uh -huh. and actually, uh, one of my buddies, his uh, cousin used to DJ for these guys because they're all DJs initially. So he said, uh -huh. yeah, these guys really, really, really wear that stuff. We thought they were crazy. But right. the thing is, understand, we're talking about NWA. This is a group that was put together, meaning they were given uniforms to wear, scripts to right. read, roles to mm -hmm. play. There's nothing authentic about them. And by the way, because you're born in the hood does not mean you're from the streets. Because you, you've done a couple of petty things does not make you a street person. Street right. people don't wear sequin suits. They don't. That's they don't right. wear makeup. They don't do it. Right. So if you're, if you're watching this movie straight out of Compton, you're watching a movie full of actors. Actors. Right. Literally. Yes. So, and, and don't, and I tell people, you know, if you're talking about like NWA had a strong message of anti-police, well really, well, does Dre look anti-police today? Because Chuck D looks like he's a good police still. Chuck D looks like he's still saying the same game, like, let's get it together. Um, right. Dr. Dre, I mean, he just shaved his head off and got a muscle shirt. Right. Now, hey, right. I'm not, I'm not throwing shade on the brother. I mean, hey, let him do his thing. But what I'm saying is it doesn't look right or feel right when you're trying to tell me that they have a message that we need to hear. When they don't show that in reality, right. they don't show that. Right. I have yet right. to see any of these NWA members come out and say, "White supremacy is this guy right here. Let's go get him." I mean, because that's right. that's Nat Turner. That's see, Nat, if you want to be an N-word with attitude, let's go back to Nat Turner. Nat Turner said, right. "That's my enemy. I'm going to get him. Who down? Okay, let's go to the house and roll up on him. Let's go to the next house and roll up on him." Now, I, I've not seen that. All I've seen so far is Dr. Dre saying, well, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm going to sell some headphones. I'm going to, um, <laughs> delay, delay my album for about 10 years, maybe 20. I'm going to, um, you know, do some other stuff. I'll see you guys later. I don't see Dr. Dre. If anyone right. has right. seen him, let me know. I haven't seen him. And I still well, making some you're, movies. You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. And Ice Cube's making some great movies. I mean, some family movies, some funny stuff. That's not quite at the police, I don't think. I mean, yeah. I could be wrong, but I don't, I don't see you know little kids smiling and joking as at the police. That looks more like, right. hey, I'm down with the system right now. And that's right. one thing that we got to get over as melanated people 
we got to get over this hump where we think that because we like somebody, that makes them good. Right. That is not factual. That's not rational. It doesn't exist in reality. The way you feel about someone does not make them good. They're good because of what they do. Right. So if, if NWA is not doing good, by definition, they are not good. Right, right. And, and we have to really look at that. We have to really, really, because look, I have had conversations with people on Facebook, which is where we do our networking a lot. Um, and you have these people that are just so caught up in nostalgia. And this is where I was in 1990, whatever, when this was out. And oh, yeah, we listened to this kind of music. And oh, yeah, they believed in this. Yeah, they're the group that gave us at the police. Well, all that was propaganda to get you riled up. Let's go back to the glittery suit. I mean, come on. Where was he at in the beginning? He was in the glittery suit, and then he moved on to the next stage, which moved us into violence. And then we have we have to look at Dr. Dre today. He, he's been accused of beating women. So what Not accused. He, he, he did that. Yes, I, I remember he attacked D. He attacked D. That's... That's straight up. That's not even like speculation. Right. right but you right. know, and Michelle A. Michelle A. was on uh, the Breakfast Club, and she was talking about the abuse that she suffered from him. And I listened to Black Talk Radio News today, and Scotty Reed um, said that Dr. Dre actually came out today and apologized to the women that he abused. But I said all that to say, I mean, collaborate all these things, all these messages that this great man is giving. You need to examine yourself. Why are you thinking that he's so great? The information is right for you. So hey, hey, can why, I add what, something what to that? What are thinking about? Can I add something? Oh, go ahead. Well, I reported that he said this. Uh, it was sometime this week. It wasn't today, but I reported it today that he apologized uh -huh. for his acts of domestic violence. Well, that's that's well okay. and fine. That's well and fine. That's the first step to solving the problem is acknowledging that you did something and that you got a problem. But he's a billionaire now, right? He gave all that money to what? The University of Southern California or UCLA? Well, he's a billionaire mm -hmm. now. Let's see you fund some domestic violence policy initiatives in our community if you're really sorry right. about what you did. You well, know we what? know that that's not going to happen because guess what? They give their money to whoever the powers that be, the white supremacists, tell them they can give their money to. You don't exactly. give your money to black people. You don't give exactly. That. And if they do give it, it's going to be something that adds up to nothing. And that's right. why I, I, a lot of people criticize me because I was not impressed with LeBron's recent, you know, philanthropic activity. Now, I appreciate the idea of sending a bunch of kids to school. That's a wonderful thought. But I submit to you, when has being educated ever stopped a bullet? When has being educated mm. ever stopped a taser? When has being educated stopped Sandra Bland from getting pulled out of her car, thrown to the ground, knee to the back, head sent to the ground, thrown in a cell, and she's dead? With a couple degrees, I believe. Mm. So when did education ever end white supremacy? That's my issue. See, what we need to do is take that $41 million and invest that into black businesses. Build tangible, realistic black businesses, things like um, water, things like food, things like 
things we use, things that we actually right. weaves, invested in weaves. I mean, right. let's right. let's shut the let's shut the Koreans down. How about that? I'm not even joking. I'm being dead serious. The, the, we need to dominate the businesses that we dominate. And You're I right. That... And actually, we 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 are in agreement with that. Again, um, we had a, a guest on our show a couple weeks back. His name is Mr. Devin Robinson. Um, he has a whole organization uh, that he put forth for that, for us to control the beauty industry. But how much, how much of us, or how many of, of us are actually interested in doing that? You know, we still continue to go out, shop, buy all these products, buy all these purses, buy all these Jordans and all these things, and none of them equate anything to black economics. Nothing. I mean, we're just throwing all of our money away, and people they don't want to hear it, or people are excited about the, the the project for a little while, and then they fall off again and go back into their normal. Um, everyday lifestyle. So I'm not really sure what's going on here. The problem is black people have not hit rock bottom yet. See, Mm. Nat Nat Turner got to a a point where he was like, you know what? I don't think so. (laughs) It's on. Harriet Harriet Tubman got to a point where she was like, you know what? I don't think so. Either you kill me or I'm going to be free. It's on. Right. Right. There are people who, they, they get to a point in time where they know that you're back against the wall and you have to come out swinging. Black America has not gotten to that point. And I'm kind of, I want to say I'm shocked, but I'm kind of not because I know the indoctrination is strong. But I look at Trayvon Martin. I look at even Mike Brown, especially Eric Gardner. I look at those three instances and, one, and similar ones around them. There's so many. And I say, what's it going to take? When they shot that young lady down in D.C. in front of her daughter for driving around too fast, like she was crazy, she, she was really going to hurt somebody in the car. When they shot her in front of her daughter, I said to myself, it's going to take a whole lot to get black people off their behinds because they act like they, they're good right now. Well, yeah, never... and the way that I look at it is they are taunting and teasing us by doing it on these, quote, body cameras. We're doing it right in front of your face. What are you guys going to do? Nothing. I mean, I, it's, just, it's I, ridiculous. I, I, I detest this whole body camera concept. To me, that's one of the dumbest things that black people ever ask for. That's, that's like walking through the desert. You got to between water and ice cream and somebody saying, you know what? I want just a cone. Uh, it's just okay. that dumb. It's just that dumb. Yeah. Because now they're going to record you getting murdered and explain to you how it's your fault. White exactly. people, they never accept responsibility. Even if they do, you don't get compensated for it. Do you know, you, you, I'm sure you know that we keep talking about reparations for slavery. Well, reparations have been paid already to the white people. Mm. White people right. got paid reparations. Mm-hmm. For, for slavery. So what mm-hmm. I'm saying is black people have to understand that they are in a fight for survival. This is a mass culling. It's a global scale. There's no confusion. We are being murdered wholesale. That's what's mm-hmm. happening. And mm-hmm. we have to mentally 
decide to fight for our lives. They're killing us here. They're killing us in Africa. They're killing us in Israel. They're killing us in the UK, in France. They're killing us across the globe. Globally, you're right. And, you know, like you said, we have not hit rock bottom, Alex, because, you know, there's way too many of us. And I'm talking about poor people, too. Not just the ones that are, you know, have have a high income, but poor people, too. We have just become so comfortable who has, in... Who has a high income? Who has, who has a well, high income? Well, They're so... Well, high, well, higher, higher income than, than the other people, I guess. That's what I let me make something very clear. If you have to work, you don't have a lot of money. If you can't walk away from your job, then you ain't saying nothing. That's real talk. A lot of black people think they make 127, 205, they're good. You're not good. Lose your job and what happens? You're jumping off a bridge somewhere. My thing is, we got to get to the point where we have our own businesses, our own economy, and we feed and protect and nurture each other. Until that happens, it's going to be a, it's going to be a war that's one-sided. Us dying and those folks thriving. We're paying for them to live better than us. That's really what's happening. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's really what's happening. Okay, um, I, I definitely, I agree with you all the way. Um, but we have just come into this, um, like I said last time, this American, quote, dream, which is really the American nightmare. I'm, I'm thinking Scott. Now. Yeah. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Okay, so we are back on air right now with Alex and myself. Um, This is the Tando Radio Show, and I thank you all for listening. Um, We are talking about uh, the music industry and how it has affected the black community. Alex, you're making a point. Um, we're going to see soon if we have any callers on, but you're making a point. I just really believe that as black people, we have to come to the realization that no one is going to join us in our fight. Maybe after we start fighting and dying, maybe, but we will have to lead any major move that's going to be made. No one's going to come do it for mm-hmm. us. I don't care how much you march. I don't care how much you beg, plead, how pitiful you look. They don't care if you sit eight months pregnant or slam you to the ground and arrest you. They don't care if you're a little girl or slam you to the ground for the knee in your back. They don't care about black people. These are the same people that celebrated as a family while they were lynching your little brother. Mm -hmm. They're lynching your 15-year-old brother, having their lunch, smiling, getting giddy about it. And I'm telling you, folks, you have to understand, no matter what you believe, the elitists of this world and those who walk in their shadow, they embrace evil. And I say evil as the negative spirit that makes people worse. Worse. Right. So we're well, talking about... The same, these are we're the talking same about... The same people that um, were um, get, de- delivering black babies up to alligators, um, and we tend Indeed. to forget that they were using black babies as alligator bait. 
Um, and for some reason, we think that the mindset has changed. No, that wasn't that long ago. They're still delivering you up to death this day. Um, with that being said, let me go ahead and announce the phone number, Alex. Um, callers, if you would like to call in, um, you can dial in at one six zero five five six two three one four zero extension 269626 and pound hit star six and one to comment on the air again. One six zero five five six two three one four zero extension two six nine six two six pound hit star six and one to comment on the air. Go ahead, Alex. Yes, you know, I wonder why sometimes people think that white people have changed when the white supremacy hasn't. See. Right. If I give you, let's say for let's, let's say for example, I take you out of Africa, and I bring you to America and put you in a cage. Let's say I take that cage and turn it into a little hut. Let's say I take that hut and turn it into a a, a ghetto. Let's say I take that ghetto and turn it into a nice little apartment. Let's say I take that apartment and turn it into a nice little house. Let's say I give you exactly what you think you want, but the whole time. In my mind, it's still a cage. Mm. See, what black people are doing is they are foolishly believing that because the bars aren't there, that they are free, or because the bars are not there, that they're not enslaved. The shackles are not on their feet. They don't see them. They can't feel them. But mm. in 1865, when they took those shackles off your feet, who took them off your mind? Mm. See, what we're not understanding, Nobody. what we're not understanding is that America doesn't fear black people the way they used to because they conditioned them to be docile and to be distracted and to fight each other. See, white science, and I say white science because believe it or not, there's real science then there's make-believe white science. There's stuff that white people use to create racism, like eugenics, like theory, mm -hmm. theory of evolution. Because, you know, you can't have eugenics without a theory of evolution. You know that. Right. You, you can't even have so, – I mean, much of racism was based on the theory of evolution and eugenics, but that's another, that's another show. But the key is this. Mm -hmm. You're talking about racism fueling – the decimation of the black man, while the white man who's been a stalker, a predator, since he, I want to say since birth, because pretty much he's been predatory since we've known him. But the bottom line is, they're attacking us physically and mentally, pitting us against one another, teaching us that if we just act good or just work harder, that we'll succeed. When in reality, the hardest working people in the world, perhaps ever, were the American black slaves. And they did not right. do well. They were the most oppressed people, and amazingly the most oppressed people in this nation. So hard work did not pay off. What they, what they refused to tell you is that it's not your hard work that pays off, it's opportunity. Opportunity pays you off when you work hard. But if you have no opportunity, you get no payment. And, right. and the science that they've created teaches them that they put 
rats in a box. Eventually, rats will attack each other. They'll eat their young. There'll be a problem. So you put a bunch of people in a box, eventually they'll attack each other. They'll attack their young. They'll be very violent. There'll be a problem. That's their science telling them that. So if they know this before they put you into these ghettos or these red line district homes, you think that they don't know how you're going to behave? And then you introduce poverty? They know that poverty and violence walk hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Poverty and violence are first cousins. They walk together. So if I take right. people, put them in a box, I know what they're going to do. So I say to you again, if black people were brought from Akebulon into America and thrown into cages and thrown into ghettos, you think these Caucasians didn't know what was going to happen? They planned right. it. They've studied it. They planned it. They know. Exactly. That's why, that's why when I, I listen to white people talk, and they say I'm not racist, or my parents aren't from here, or I wasn't born during that time, I laugh at them because they still marvel at the Statue of Liberty and say, I want right. to partake yeah. in whatever she did, whatever they're doing. That's what I want to be. And what they are, are cool racists. They're devilish right. racists. So if you right. want to be right. like them, you're going to act like them. And they don't like right. us. So that means you don't right. like us and either. The, that, that's true. And the ones that say, um, well, I wasn't around during slavery time. I didn't have anything to do with that. Let's just move on and, and forget about mm-hmm. it or whatever. I mean, that is just the most ridiculous thing to say ever because they are still profiting today off of what Slave labor well, slavery has never been abolished, and you should know that, Sister CC, as much as you've been oh, a part no. of this network. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was that? Sorry. Slavery was never abolished. The 13th Amendment doesn't actually abolish slavery. It puts a loophole in there that allows for its continuation as punishment for crime. That's what the 13th Amendment says. That's why... Yeah, through the prison right, system, right. prison slavery. Right, well, right. I, I, I'll take it a step further. The people that live in this country never intended for the Constitution to apply to us. So when they think legally, they don't think black. So no matter right. what the Constitution says, these can you notice, if you go, go back and watch that Sandra Bland video, Sandra Bland knew her rights. She told this mm-hmm. officer her rights, and she was on point. The 13th but the officer, Amendment. But the, wait, wait, one, one second, please, brother. The, the officer didn't care. These officers are not recognizing our human, civil, or legal rights because they do not see us in a way that makes them understand the law applies to us equally. Well, so how do you explain that in terms of black cops that, that do the same mission as the white cops? Uh-huh. I, I, don't, I don't distinguish the two. I don't know the difference. But the thirteenth, I, 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 I don't see, I don't see, I don't see black and white when it comes to police officers. I see black and blue. Yeah, neither do blue, I. You, if you're in a blue uniform, you're the enemy. But the Thirteenth Amendment oh, was written specifically for black people to to yes. to 
It was, you know, it came out of the end of the Civil War and they yeah. used that lawyer's language and they came to agreement with the South. We're going to allow you, not only you to practice slavery, but every state in the Union to practice slavery as long as you adhere to these parameters. And that's when we know the black codes popped up and, and uh, the convict leasing system. And today the United States government runs Unicor which provides services and products made by prison slave labor. So I'm just about using correct language. Slavery was right. never abolished. And that's what people need to understand. That's why the police don't respect your rights, because they have a job. What's that job? To catch new slaves. Right. I, I agree with that. I, right. I, yeah, I, I actually, um, I've spoken on the same topic before. I agree 100%. Slavery never ended. And I actually, when I talk to my brothers and sisters, I laugh when people quote the Constitution as their rights because that's not what's applicable to us. We need to actually, in my opinion, remove ourselves from this economy and from the society if necessary, if possible, and create our own paradise if we, if we can because America was never about freedom for the black man. You were a slave when America was born. You might be the same when America dies. So we're not going to get freedom from a country that was all about freedom, who looked at us and said, not you guys. That's right. What you, once, you, once you understand that when America was born, you were here already. And they said, not you. If that doesn't get the message into your skull, I don't know what will. They can write down right. anything on a piece of paper they want to. But from day one, they said, freedom is for everybody except for you and the Indians. See y'all later. Well, well, we have, well, we know, we know that actually black people were the first person, the first people in this country, but that's, of course, not recognized. Um, and there's nothing for us here. Now, there are some people that say, okay, well, I want to leave. I want to go to Africa. But then there's other people that are like, no, uh, my ancestors built here. So I have rights to what this country holds too. So where where do we go from here? I mean, where's the middle? I mean, do we just build with those that want to build? Do we continue to spend our time trying to um, convince the others that there's something wrong? Because there are some people that still don't really believe that there's anything wrong. They're comfortable living in their cushy lives, whatever that means. They're comfortable listening to the music, the propaganda of the news, and just going along and get along. So where is the middle? Like, what is it that we should be doing as people that understand what is going on here? Well, let me, let me say something very briefly. Um, I personally believe that we don't need to leave America 100%. Even if we have a, if we establish a new country specifically for African Americans, again, if we do that, we still need to maintain a presence in America. That's just wise from a, from a strategic perspective. But my point is this. We need to have a homeland that speaks for African Americans or black Americans or melanated people, whatever, whatever we call ourselves nowadays. We need to have a homeland. So when something happens to one of us, like Germans or like British citizens, somebody says, hey, hey, what's happened with my people? No matter where the British people are around the globe, if something happens, 
the UK says, what's up? They murder two people? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what's up, though? What's up, though? They, they're one of ours. What's up? They will stop things right there and say, what's going on? America does the same on occasion. But what I'm saying is this. We don't have that. We have no black nation who gives a good dog on about Americans that are melanated. We don't have mm -hmm. that. We must establish that. And to be frank with you, I mean, we did a show last week on Black Talk Theater Radio Show about are we Cuba, or are we really Hebrew? And if you do the research, you'll find that several of the Africans who came here are actually Hebrews. And mm -hmm. those Hebrews had as much problem with the Africans as they did with the white people. Yep, you're so, right. I saw that so, myself. So Africa may not be a place of refuge for us. So we got to remember that. Well, that, ex that, that explanation actually is, explains, you know, a few things because I know that it's been said um, Africans look at African Americans differently. Um, and that kind of explains it because African people and Hebrew people are, are from two different places. Well, so, the research, I mean, the research that, that we came across stated that if you look at the coloration of the people, they look similar. But once you look closer at the habits and the actual, um, well, this actually, this guy actually, this is a, the Jewish guy actually, he went into the skull sizes, but I don't, I don't get much into that. I don't put much credit to that, but he claims that there's a difference in the actual skull shapes and sizes of the black Hebrews and the black Africans. That's what he claims. Right. I think his name was uh -huh. Jacobs, I believe. But he claims that there's a big difference. But no matter what the case may be, both the Limba people and the Igbo people, they claimed emphatically, matter of fact, that claim, their tradition states they had problems with the actual Africans and the white people. Equally. Mm -hmm. They were constantly at war with these Africans, constantly being attacked. Right. And that's mm -hmm. one, like you said, it explains a lot because that might be why no one ever came for us because we didn't belong to them. Right. We weren't a part of their tribe or their nation. So when we were sold into slavery, it wasn't it wasn't Africans selling Africans. It was Africans selling Hebrews. Right. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the difference. But see, you know what, Alex? With, with, that. with that explanation, it's like we just are swirling around with so much different knowledge and adversarial knowledge and not getting on one accord with information. I mean, it just goes to show you how much of us has been lost um, in this whole situation. We don't even know who we are. We don't know who anybody is because the information is just lost. I mean, just like you're, you're, you're telling us this now, most people don't know anything about the Africans being the, the Africans in this country being Hebrew, some of them being Hebrew, and then that's the difference uh, between the Hebrews and the Africans that are in Africa. I mean, we you don't know, really know that information. Check this out, sister. The biggest problem with black people and their intellectual side, their intelligence, their their wisdom, the biggest problem is they are confused. They say they don't like white supremacy, then they buy into a hook, line, and sinker. They buy into, they let white people, they say white men lie, the white people lie, but you know what? When white people say they invented the Bible, I believe them. Well, the white mm -hmm. men lie, 
than what he just said is a lie. They oh, yeah. let the they let the Caucasians fool them into thinking that they wrote the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere, not one page does it say a white man wrote me. That doesn't, no. it doesn't exist. And when you read the no. Bible, you see very clearly that the first people had to be black. You know why? Because all the curses against people were white. When somebody right. got cursed, right. they turned white. They were lepers. They were leprous. Right. So, right. so if I turn a white person white, you're not going to notice. Very notice. But if I turn a black person white, it's going to scare the stuff out of you. <laughs> it's going to make you go, what, the, what just happened? Yeah, what that's happened why, Yeah. That's why I say to people, you better understand that no white man has the wisdom to write something like the Bible. I mean, a buddy of mine, Jesse from Facebook, actually, he sent me a meme that said Socrates, who was the smartest of the Greeks, was only a student in ancient Africa. And it went on to say that none of the Greeks, no, not one, was considered an elder. None. We wow. understand that all knowledge that existed came out of Africa first, came out of Echebulon, the land of Ham, Olympia, what do you want to call it? Kemet, Kush, call it what you will, Ethiopia. But right. knowledge came from us, outward, the black skin, outward. Mm-hmm. And, I tell, and I tell people all the time, you must recognize that the white man has to lie about everything because he's done nothing. That's he's done true. nothing. He's done electricity. How? We got pyramids built on lines of electricity. They built on ley lines. How, how, mm-hmm. So let me get this straight. So they never heard of electricity. They just happened to accidentally build structures on top of natural electricity? Wow, that's stupid. That's insane to believe. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And then, then, you, then you study white people more, people like Nikolai Tesla. Tesla took his design for the power towers from the obelisk. Hmm. From the obelisk. Well, nobody's so, digging that deep. They're just comfortable with what is put out there on the internet. They're comfortable with just thinking, okay, Nikola Tesla was this, uh, this genius and, um, what is it? Um, the, the, uh, what's his name? Lord have mercy. Um, Einstein. Well, the banker, what's his name? Not Chase. Oh, Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> you, it's, yeah. it's, Chase, it's Chase now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just seeing the blue sign in my head, but he stole J.P. from Morgan. Tesla. Yeah, J.P. Morgan. We're just looking at the story like, oh, poor Nikola Tesla, you know, but who did Nikola Tesla steal from, you know? Um, if we do the research, we'll know that it gets deeper and deeper, but we don't realize that we are the originators of everything. It's not just, oh, such and such created the stoplight. No, we created way more than the stoplight. We created life. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's much more deeper than that. We, we created language, the written word. I mean, the thing is, okay. we got to understand that when you're talking about white supremacy, it only exists if people believe that they are the dominant power. That's why when you go to a school, they teach you how great they are, how fantastic they are, 
how they can walk around with a little kite and, and the electricity just comes right down to their hands and their fingertips. And I mean, it's just a wonderful story. They chop down cherry trees. They, they, they build great cities. They, they bring peace and democracy to the world. But there's no peace mm-hmm. in the world and no democracy right. either. There's no peace right. or democracy on the planet. But they're claiming that's that they, they created. They, they created chaos, chaos on purpose. I mean, that's what they do. That's how they gain their control and creating chaos. Exactly. That's MK Ultra. They hit you so many times yes. with the BS that you start to buy into it. You go, you know what? I like this democracy. You've never seen democracy. How do you like it? Mm. This is not democracy. This, this is an oligarchy. Mm. This is a few rich people controlling everything. Because so we there's no democracy. Right. I mean, and that's, that's what's so outrageous is that we allow ourselves to buy into the white supremacist way of thinking, and that's our downfall. I hear people talk about mm-hmm. like psychiatry and psychology all the time. And you got to stand something. Those were philosophies until a few centuries back. Those were not even, right. wasn't even science. Right. It wasn't even science. What we're doing right now is we're allowing people to impose their theories on us. The fear of evolution. Right. That's, they, they don't want to teach creationism in school because they don't think you can prove it scientifically. Well, guess what? You can't prove the theory of evolution scientifically. You can't prove a Big Bang scientifically. You can't, you can't count the planets right. Scientifically. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just so crazy because, I mean, they use this big bang theory. Well, anything that's banging and blowing up is not created, it's destroyed. So, right then and there, I mean, that blows it out the water. It doesn't even make sense. You, you know, you know, it's funny. When I used to debate a lot with um, the atheists who happen to be scientists, <laughs> I always say to them, well, the first question is, what exactly went bang? The second question is: There had to be something. Where, 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 where did all the matter come from after that thing with bang? Where, where right. did the matter come from? Where did the substance right. come from? Oh my goodness! And then, and then I talk about you know the planets. Why do some planets rotate opposite in others? There's like two or three planets that rotate backwards. Mm-hmm. If, the theory, if the Big Bang theory is true then that's not scientifically possible for, for plants to go in different directions. That makes no difference. No. See, no. people got to understand, people got to understand that when you buy into white supremacy, you buy into their lies. You buy into right. their lies. Okay, here it is. Three plants rotate backwards. Venus, Uranus, and Pluto. Rotate backwards. You can just Google like I just did. If the, if all the planets and all the matter spun out from one location and landed in one location, they'd all be spinning in the same direction. It's scientifically right. impossible for planets to spin in the opposite direction if they all came to the same point with the same force. Right. And this how, is how what do you explain that? You have to be able you to. Don't. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You don't explain it. Don't explain. But see, you, then they start selling the lies. The lies. Mm-hmm. They try to tell you that, you know, a dog became a cat. But there's no proof of any link between the two. Mm-hmm. There's no proof. 
But I don't want to get into the whole right. evolution thing. That becomes a whole other show. But the bottom line is, as black people, melanated people, we must stop buying into the lies of white supremacy. They don't know more than us. They're just telling better lies than us. They're telling more lies. They're convincing people to buy the lies and sell you the lies. They're repackaging the lies to make them look better and bigger and different and grander. At the same time, they're giving you bigger flat screen TVs, more cable channels, better fried chicken, better pizza, better everything. And they got new flavor Kool-Aid coming out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you're going to drink every cup of it if you don't be careful. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we got to understand that. Our biggest problem is that we are buying into white supremacy. We got to stop supporting these people who don't support us. Because someone's black doesn't make them our friend. Obama's not our friend. No. Oh, he he no. doesn't care about us. No. That's just a fact. Wait a minute. Oh, wait, wait, Winfrey. wait. You mean he's, he's, he, he's not my friend because he has swag and because he knows how to speak and because he is so eloquent? I mean, you mean he's not my friend? I shouldn't be supporting him just because he is the first black president? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, that is what everybody is still thinking those things. Nobody is, like, even really looking at what's going on. They're still worried about his do whatever we do to survive. Okay, we're going to a commercial now, and we'll be back. The rhythm, the rebel. This is Brother Elliot, first of time for an awakening, and you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennium. Okay, everybody, this is Candle Radio, and I am Cece, standing in for the wonderful Mr. David Wren, who is out on another mission. Um, today, we are speaking on the music industry and how it has impacted the black community. Um, I have Alex on the line with me, but I want to invite callers to call in. The call-in number is one six zero five five six two three one four zero extension 269-626-POUND. You hit star six and one to comment on the air. So if you'd like to call in and chime in to what we are talking about, feel free to do that. We are ready for your phone calls. But, Alex, we're talking about President Obama and his swag. So what do you have to say about that? You know, I I get into a lot of trouble talking about Obama. You know, you can't mess with Obama, Oprah, Beyonce, sometimes Jay-Z. People go bananas. People go bananas. Mm -hmm. Let me just say Mm -hmm. this. I don't like none of them. I just don't. I know what they are. I know what they're about. Uh-huh. And they're not. They're not for me. I wrote a piece right. on Facebook earlier on Black Thought and Theory, and I said point blank: if someone is wealthy, successful, prominent, and they have a public forum, and they do not denounce the system that's killing us, they're complicit mm-hmm. in it. They're down with it. They're part of it. And they're not leaving it because, because I've yet to hear, and I'm not talking about people saying, 
racism is bad. Okay, that's cute. What else you got? And, and you know, one brother posted a picture of, of LeBron wearing a hoodie. I'm like, what does that mean? What do you, what do you got? He had a nice wardrobe? What does that mean? Wearing, right. a, wearing a hoodie or taking your shirts off or turning your shirts inside out or putting your shirts in a pile in the middle of the floor, that's not manly. No. Muhammad Ali said, if you kill my dogs, you're going to hide your damn cat. Right. That's what Ali said. Yeah. So, so you mean to tell me that LeBron knows better than Ali? Or that Michael mm. Jordan, who never says anything, mm. knows more than Ali when it comes to what's right or wrong for, about, you know, in, in, a, in a racism situation with the, the oppression we're going through, the negativity we're experiencing on a daily basis? You can't make me believe that these men of today have any substance to them that we need to respect. So I've not seen it. And I'm right. I mean, my, because... my, my belief is if it's in front of us, we need to not be paying attention to it as far as like anything relevant to what we need to be doing as a movement because they're not doing anything. You'll see some things that they're doing and you'll say, oh, good job. Oprah's building some schools in Africa. Well, what is that doing for anybody, you know? Um, and, and it's funny. Can't... Go ahead. It's funny because the sister said to me, Oprah's a good sister. She built a school in Africa. And I said, yeah, we don't have schools over here. I mean, I said, I'm sorry, we don't need schools over here, right? We don't need right. good schools. We don't need help over here. You know, these athletes and these celebrities, they do things that look good, feel good, make your heart warm a little bit, but the substance isn't there. The substance right, is right. not there. And I keep telling people, if you're looking for these celebrities to help us, they're not going to do it because the ones who are going to do something, they're going to show you. The ones who aren't showing you, they're not going to do anything. Michael Jordan, who sells sneakers with two to three hundred bucks a piece, people buy these sneakers. Right. And when something happens in the black community, Michael Jordan is gone. Nowhere to be found, he says goes. nothing. Uh, Alex, we have a caller. Let me see if I can unmute the caller. Hold on just a second. Pro proceed. Okay, let's see. Hello, caller. Can you hear? Oh, yes, I can hear. Oh, hello. Who are we speaking to from 806 area code? Uh, okay. You'll be speaking to uh, Brother Jam from West Texas. Oh, hello, Brother Jambone. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, I just have okay. to ask, you know, what y'all think about uh, the new generation? It's, of it's hard to hear the caller if he could speak up. Tony, can you speak up a little bit? We can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. Okay. Okay. Uh, my question is, uh, what do you think about the new generation of parents? What I've been con uh, confronting with is, uh, like, uh, some of the young people in the hood, you know, want to say so-called, uh, their respect for themselves and other people, being their self-awareness. And, um, you know, like yesterday, I was at a store, and I was at office, and I was trying to get by. I said, pardon me, excuse me. The, the young man, I was like, you didn't want to see the red I had to almost, like, shove him out of the way, along with another woman, to get by just to warm up the honey bun. And um, I think, like, 
it, it sounds like a black market of like young people where they could like uh, sell their body parts and whatnot. And uh, say, well, okay. how, it, how easy it would be, you know, I'm not going to say I would do it, but how easy it would be just to like kick a couple of young people trying to be so hard to stab their neck and to put them in a hip and like sell their body parts. I'm not saying I would do that, but what I'm saying is like maybe some people that uh, have children they should be trying to keep their children a little bit more uh, self awareness and respecting themselves and and other people. Right. Well, Jimbo, it's still, it's kind of hard to hear you. I don't know if you have your headset on, but um, I heard a little bit of what you were saying. But can you repeat your initial question? Um, like maybe take the headset off so we can hear what you're saying. Okay. How about now? Can you hear me? That is way better. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got my phone in a particular case of working around a lot of water. But what I was saying about uh, uh, a lot of the, the new generation with uh, children, uh, the parents with the children and everything, they're not teaching self-awareness and enough to the next. Um, like uh, I was saying about the conversation that I had yesterday with the child at a store where that uh, he didn't want to move. And I, I asked, you know, pardon me, excuse me, I wanted to get by so I could warm up my husband. I had to kind of push and shove him out of the way to a degree. It was not like a uh, fight shove, but... You know, I had to really kind of force my way through to get by. And along, I had to push a woman on the side. And it's like, you know, a lot of our people have lost respect for themselves and other people. And I was having a conversation with a few others, and they were talking about a black market of uh, black body parts. And uh, how easy it would be to grab a whole bunch of youth to snap their neck and throw them in a the hip bag and just sell their parts on the bank market. Now, I'm not saying I would do that, but it's just like a wake-up call, like, you know, maybe there should be some kind of uh, uh, thing in the neighborhood to kind of talk to the parents and children about having self-awareness and having respect for one another and, and themselves, and maybe that uh, when things go down in the neighborhood, such as uh, many of us getting killed or getting beat down by the police, that it wouldn't be that case or it wouldn't be so bad. But the conversation what I had yesterday, if I was a white supremacist or I was just a evil mind black man, if I just wanted to get a profit, I, I weighed 285 pounds. I could have grabbed this kid, threw him down, snapped his neck like a chicken, threw him in the hip and stick back and, and uh, liquidated his body and made a profit. Yeah, that, that's a couple of different um, that's a couple of different issues. Um, the first thing I would say to you is this: you know, we're talking about kids who are unruly. You're talking about just another example of the meltdown of our moral fiber. We're really what we're really looking at right now is the fact that a lot of parents of all colors, of all quote unquote races, they have this new way of doing things that's not tried, that's not proven, that's not obviously effective. And they don't teach the kids what they need to know. And that's by choice. Because let's face it, parenting is a full-time, very difficult job. A lot of people don't want to put that energy in. So they send the kids out into a world ignorant, not knowing what's possible, not knowing what's happening. And that's when the real danger starts. 
Because one day these ignorant kids have kids and they know nothing. And right, what you're seeing right. around us right now is a cycle of ignorance. Well, I can take it a little bit further than that. Yes, we do see horrible things going on with our children um, as um, they're following all this propaganda on TV and in the music and that kind of thing. But we have to take it back to the root of everything. You know, parents, for whatever reason, it could be a drug problem, it could be work, it could be sickness or illness are not really able to be present and accounted for in these children's lives. I mean, this that this subject within itself is 12 shows. I mean, Sister but CC. we could complain all day. Uh-huh. Sister CC, we had to be careful yeah. that we don't repeat the lies of the white supremacist media and demonizing our people. Do our people have, do our communities have problems? Certainly they do. But I live in a in a eighty percent white county. I got um I got what two trailer parks below me. Got another trailer park. No, two trailer parks above me. And let me tell you, all the problems that I saw when I lived in a quote unquote hood, I see going on in these trailer parks. And they are suffering up here from the same economic conditions that we see our people suffering from in these urban areas. And so, you know, as a result, uh, there's a lot of white on white crime going on where I live. So to me, it's not a racial issue. All right. It's a systemic problem. All right. But in terms of, of saying uh, of thinking that our people have more problems or our kids are out here wilding out more than others. Well, we get that perception from a racist media. I can point you to a study done by the Center for Disease Control that will show you that out of all men in this country, black men are most involved with their children more than anyone else. And then in terms of support for our children, that our children, black children, have a better support network Okay, then most of these other children do. They may have both parents in the home, but both parents ain't in the home, if you know what I'm saying. And and, and so, you know, we have a support network that includes extended family members. I tell you, it would have been hell on me trying to raise two daughters all by myself if I didn't have the help of my sister or my brother or my mother or my father. Uh, You know what I'm saying? So it's been a family right. affair in raising these children, and we have to be careful that we don't repeat the propaganda of the enemy to act like our children are, are wilding out or got behavioral problems more so than other children. Do we have problems? Right. Yes, we have problems. Every community has problems. You know, when, that, when I'm speaking, well, I'm sorry. When, when I was speaking, I'm speaking specifically of the moral breakdown of society at large. Society at large is undergoing a decay. So I know for a fact that the white and white crime is a bigger issue than the black and black crime. And I also know that whites dominate crime statistics. That's not an illusion. Whites actually are the biggest criminals on the planet. That's not an overstatement. So So what I'm talking about is the fact that as a collective nation, we are undergoing a moral decay caused by the elitists affecting whites, blacks, reds, yellows, and browns alike. So we're all undergoing this decay. But I agree that we don't want to stereotype 
our people because there's no specific issue that we have that other people do not share also. And brother Alex, so that's the fact. brother Alex, I will ask you, my brother. I will ask you this question. When has America ever been moral? Uh, well, I'll answer you this way. Never, but that doesn't mean it cannot go further into the sludge. Right, so, right, <laughs> right. I got what you're saying. I got what you're saying. I'm just saying for there to be a moral decay, it would have had to been a moral society to begin with, and it's never been that. My brother, I'm not right. going to argue that one. <laughs> and I would like to add to, like, I was talking about the problems that are in any community, you know, because I guess we have to look at when, when we see children on the decline, you know, what is going on? What is going on in the home? You know, why is it that the kids are not being supervised and nobody's being taken care of? Like I said, there's many different reasons for that. Um, but when we pose this question, I have to ask the question um, when Jambone was on the phone, what is it that you are willing to do? I mean, because we all can do something about the problem that we see. Um, maybe you are in a store and you see some children acting up or you see some children all the time acting up or the children in your neighborhood just look like they don't have anything going on. Well, I know Jambone specifically was thinking about building a community center in his area. I mean, that would be a start. Um, but no, we definitely don't want to demonize or stigmatize black people like they do in the media because we know that there's other issues around that. Like I said, that issue alone could be like five, 10, 12 shows within itself. So um, we definitely want to get away from stigmatizing our black children. Let me, um, I, I did something earlier on Facebook. Um, I wrote a piece that is real simple, real short. I think people have to get it through their minds that black people are not unique when it comes to being human. We're all human. But the bottom line is, you know, here's what I wrote on Facebook earlier. I wrote, when racists endeavor to use black-on-black crime to extricate themselves from white-on-black crime, perhaps we need to expose, examine, and employ white-on-white crime statistics to render their opinions moot. Because the bottom line is, they use black-on-black crime against us like they are blameless which is insane. They commit more and more crimes every day. They show you the crimes on TV. They just make them sound better. Like Jared is a rapist. He's not a, right. he's not a child molester. He's a serial rapist. Of, he's a pervert. Right. He's, right. A, he's a thug. But right. they won't call him this because he's Caucasian because if they label this Caucasian man a thug, it works against their global directive, their global operations to paint white supremacy as the dream that you all want. That's going to mm -hmm. stop the Korean guy from cutting his face up to look like Superman. That's going to stop the black people from in Africa from bleaching their skin. That's going to stop the Indians from trying to be like the British. They are trying to constantly paint the image and perpetuate the, the visage that they are somehow the ones to emulate. So they right, don't right, paint which, Jared right. as this pervert, and they don't paint James Holmes as this, this total degenerate who's a mass murderer. They paint these people like Roof, like Dylan Roof, like he's some type of choir boy who just had a bad day. Right, he needed a hamburger, so they took him to Burger King or whatever. You know, maybe his blood was a little low. 
ridiculous. And did what he did. Yeah, it is ridiculous. But that brings us back around to our initial subject matter: the music, the music, and the propaganda that's being pushed forward in the music. I mean, we should really talk about that because that's another form of white supremacists in action pushing their well, agenda no, forward. No blacks own record made the record labels. That's a fact. The distribution is all through Caucasians and Jews. I mean, so they control the music. Let's just be real about it. We're right. talking about hip hop. Back in 1990, you had classic albums released like um, Eric B. and Rakim. You had um, Lord Finesse, DJ um, Polo, and Coogee Rap. Classic albums. Public Enemy came out with Fear the Black Planet. The most popular selling album of that year, however, was Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer's Please Don't Hurt Them. Oh, wow. So with all, the, with all the street poetry and the, 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 the conscious rapping, if you will, of Public Enemy, they got dismissed, put to the side, when the public grabbed the hold of the number one album from MC Hammer and the number one album from Vanilla Ice. This is what mm -hmm. you're looking at. America intentionally co-opted hip-hop and perverted it started turning it into a pop instrument, taking away the, the street, poet, street poetry and the knowledge and wisdom, replacing it with goofiness, silliness, and debauchery. Before you mm -hmm. know it, you have artists like Sir Mix-a-Lot selling millions of records because of a big butt. Right. Instead of artists like Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth selling records. Instead of right. Gangstar right. selling records. Dre's, Dre's Chronic and his gangster-style lyrics obliterated all those other guys combined. That was yeah, ridiculous. Propaganda won. Absolutely. And it's still going and, on today, and it's just gotten worse. But, but let's, re let's rewind back for one second. Baby got back. Now, that's interesting. What's that song about? The big rear end of a black woman? Okay. Now, what does that remind you of? Sarah, perhaps? The exploitation of a black woman from one country, continent to another. See, we understand that these images that are used in hip hop today are not used by accident. Sarah Bartman was a black woman who was studied because of her unique physique. She was big breasted, had a big buttocks. The white man couldn't stop looking at her. Her labia, they were kind of low. White men loved this and, and fantasized and drooled about it, so much so they took her out of her home, lured her to Europe, and put her in a cage, basically. Mm -hmm. She died lonely and, she died, they and cold they stuffed her, didn't and exploited. They? Yeah, they stuffed yeah, her and, and put her on display. Put her on display. Yeah. But my, my, but my point is, now, Baby Got Back follows that same, same pattern. And it goes from mix a lot right up to today to Nicki Minaj and almost all the black female MCs, video women, backup dancers, singers you cannot name probably too many singers right now that are not half naked showing their behinds baby got back exploitation is back that's what's right. really saying exploitation, right. degradation debauchery. It's all just salacious and sick. And we don't see it because it sounds kind of cute. But when you look at it now, 
do you really want to see Nicki Minaj's butt every time you turn the TV on? Or Beyonce's? Or, or Iggy's or anybody's? See, if we go back a few decades, our sisters had class and clothes. Not in videos and people call them. Okay. Anyway. So right. if we go, if we, if we go further, we go further, we go to 1994. Nas came out with Illmatic. Illmatic. He sold 300,000 copies of Illmatic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not gold. That's 500,000. He went gold with Illmatic. Smith and Wesson went not even gold. I mean, still sold 300,000 copies. Well, Warren G came out with a G-Funk with more of a gangster style and with four times platinum. Four times platinum. So you can see where there's a choice being made. Who's going to be successful and who's not and how successful and what kind of music they're going to play. But gangster music became the dominant force because those behind it pushed it. Mm-hmm. They pushed this image of gangsters on us. If you look at Biggie, Notorious B.I.G., 1994, look at his demos from 92. This guy wasn't talking about clothes and champagne. He's talking street trash. He's, talking, he's, he's popping off. But after running into Diddy, all of a sudden, he's a gangster. Now he's commercialized. Mm-hmm. He's, he's Big Papa now. He's one more chance now. He's wearing shiny suits. He's one step right. away from a sequence outfit. But this right. is what is happening where they're blending the R&B with the rap and they're creating the image of a gangster. They're making being a gangster cool. So now you don't just have the gangster coming from the West. You're also coming from the East. So you can argue that Diddy and Dre were working in tandem to corrupt hip-hop and turn it into something better suited for actors than street poets. Right. Well, that's what we're looking at. We have to. I mean, I just have this huge problem because, like, people know that there are some people that don't know what's going on. I mean, they hear little things, but then there's people that know what's going on and they just think, kind of like, well, if you can't beat them, join them. I guess that's kind of what the thought is. But instead of saying, you know what, this is affecting the next generation. This music and the propaganda is the reason why my daughter got pregnant because there's certain vibrations going through the music that are sending signals and telling my, my daughter to have sex. And that's why she got pregnant. I mean, people are not thinking along these lines because we're just kind of going along to get along, but it's much more to it. It's who cares that Easy E did what he did? I know I don't care. But, I mean, what, what, what has this music actually done for us? I understand people are nostalgic about that time and all that, but what has it really done for us? What, what is it well, doing to move us for, forward? Well, I actually, that's, a, that's an excellent question, but let me say this. You said some very interesting things. Let me touch on one real quick. One thing that I look at is this. I said this from the time I was a young man when I first noticed it. Black people are punished and penalized for not being the very best that they can be, while white people are rewarded for being mediocre. Right. When you're talking about resisting temptation, 
the world expects the black man in America to be impervious to temptation, while everybody else is out there chilling, relaxing, and having fun with it. Well, guess what? Black people are human too. They make mistakes. So they might fall for this garbage music and this garbage song like everybody else is doing it. Like everybody else is falling for it too. What we got to understand is, as black people, we have to look at these tools of white supremacy, identify them, and dismantle them. One of the things I'm trying to accomplish in my hip-hop group is to bring back music that was more poetic, that was more real. I don't mind you telling me you sold drugs if you really sold them, if you learned a lesson, if you learned a lesson from selling them. No, seriously, seriously, right. seriously. If, you, I, I, I if, you, if you're Cool G Rap saying I did this, did that, I learned a lesson, I'll buy that record. But I'm not going to buy some little dude who is from the suburbs telling me that he's a big-time drug dealer, never trust a nickel bag. I'm not right, gonna, I don't want right. to hear that. See, nowadays right. what you have happening, you have actors putting on suits and jewelry, getting a couple of women, a big car with big rims, and saying, hey, I'm a thug. When in reality, all I really want is a hug. <laughs> Right, and, and, and I'm, a, I'm a prison guard. I, I'm not really a, a, a not really a gangster. I'm a prison guard. I think that's the story for Rick Ross. I think that's the story for him. Rick, Rick, um, Rick Ross is a character created in yeah, a lab somewhere, yeah. written down and created in a lab somewhere. And most of these rappers today are, are characters. I don't believe, I don't think I believe any of these rappers today. I think they're all frauds. Even the guys who are from the streets are fraud because they're imitating the guys who are in the industry. Hmm. That's true. That's I mean, these guys, these, these 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 young folks today, they can't rap, they can't rap, they can't sing, they don't think. The music is trash. When you listen to it, you feel like you just you know got got drugged through the mud. So, <laughs> my thing is, we need to obliterate that. And my group, what well, we yeah. do, yeah, we true. see, when we see, when we see trash like that, we delete it. We delete it. Well, auto tune, auto tune has done a lot for the current music industry because if you listen to that music, I mean, I kind of try to critique it. Like when I hear it on, I'm, I'm like writing the words down, and sometimes I put some of the quotes on Facebook because I want somebody to tell me, like, what does that mean, and what does that have to do anything, and what does that have to do with the last thing that he just said? None of this music even makes sense. It doesn't even make me feel anything but 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 crazy because it just doesn't make sense. You put it together and you, it just doesn't make sense. You ever heard the you ever heard the, the saying, "God is not a god of confusion." Uh huh. You ever heard that before? Yeah, I've heard it. Okay. When you listen to a lot of music nowadays, it's made to confuse you, to discombobulate you, to hit you with nonsense. A lot of movies we watch are just stupid. A lot of the activities they have for us, we are doing things nowadays that kids used to do. We're playing games like children. We're stuck on computers playing games. We're stuck on little, we're doing foolishness. Right. If we're, if we're not careful, we're going to revert back to the time where we live in ancient Babylon, bow to a golden statue. 
Oh, looks like we're going to go to a commercial. Um, Alex will come back with that point. When we come back, I will repeat the phone number again in case anybody wants to call in. But this is Tando Radio, and this is CC. We'll be back in just a moment. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network for live programming schedules. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Okay, this is Tando Radio, and this is Cece again standing in for Mr. L.A. Dave or David Wren. He's out doing his business. Um, we would like to invite callers to call in to the phone number. It's one six zero five five six two three one four zero extension two six nine two six pound. You hit star six and one to comment on the air. We we're talking to my Facebook friend Alice. And we are discussing the music industry and how it has affected the black community. Okay, Alex, what were you talking about before we went to break? <laughs> I'm talking about the fact that when you really start studying the symbology, the philosophy, and the actions of America and their allies, you're talking about a modern-day Babylonian movement. And what they're doing is they're hitting you with Foolishness, confusing, confusing music, confusing educational material. Everything is so like mixed up. They're teaching you lies. They're they're trying to get you to be more susceptible to their way of thinking. You ever, you ever heard a movie called um, Idiocracy, where, mm-hmm. where the dumbest person is the leader? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what's happening. In America, they're trying to dump everything down. And actually, if you go back in a little bit, time a little bit, you'll see that the communists and the occultists both, part of their formula for destroying America was inundating you with debauchery and foolishness and confusing items. That's part of the actual written strategy for people like Bavatska and some of these communists and Marxists. That's really some of their way of thinking. So you're talking about music being confusing. You're talking about a way of breaking down the moral fiber of individuals within this nation to make them more susceptible to Bruce Jenner being Caitlyn Jenner, to make you more mm-hmm. susceptible mm-hmm. to two men getting married, to make you more susceptible to little kids marrying adults and thinking it's okay. That's right. coming, by the way. Right. Remember I said that. That's going to come. That's going to happen. Oh, because, oh, I, because don't doubt, people, I don't doubt anything. Because once, Alistair Crowley said that he could not bring forth the beast, Satan, the devil, evil, until he got the world to accept homosexuality. See, people aren't right. aware of that. They're not thinking about that. So when they hit you with all this confusion, they're doing that, so you start thinking gibberish. If music affects your vibration, affects your mood, because it's, it's a scientific fact that positive music gives you a positive vibe. It lifts you up. Negative music gives you a negative vibe, takes you down. Mm-hmm. So these vibes are lowering your frequency to what's going to happen to you. You're going to be more susceptible to receive foolishness as righteousness and follow the ignorance of one who's leading you down the wrong path. And that's what's happening across the globe, especially in America. Right. And, and as well, I said, you're definitely always, right. 
when you study the symbology, the symbolism that's being used and employed in both the music industry and America, you see they're all working for the same Luciferians. And those who don't believe in religion, that's fine, but these people do. Michael Jackson said very clearly that Tommy Mottola was the devil. Now, he did. Was, he speaking, was, he, was he joking? Was he just saying it to be poetic? Was he, who knows? But one thing we do know is people in Hollywood and people in the music industry, they throw up a lot of devil signs. They use symbolism like, you know, all seeing eye. They use, you know, mm-hmm. they, 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 they have temples that they go to where they practice dark magic like Kabbalah. Madonna is right. a professed Kabbalah witch, basically. I mean, Madonna is literally a witch. Because right. if you know what Kabbalah is, you know that's ancient Jewish mysticism. Ancient Jewish right. magic. Right. And Madonna tells you that's what Madonna says, that's what she does. So Madonna has a video where she <laughs> is doing a dance where she's actually doing a ritualistic dance. She's not dancing for you. She's praising her false deity. Well, yeah, you're right. And the thing is, Alex, like I said, again, people tend to just kind of put these things by the wayside, what they see. They're doing these things in front of your face. Um, I remember, what was this, a few months back, she went on stage and Drake was in a chair and she she kissed him, uh, like this deep kiss in the mouth. Well, I mean... I believe she was taking some power from him or something like that because it is witchcraft. I mean, it is, she's doing something. All these people are doing something. It's just not for your entertainment. They're actually doing something. And we don't look at that. We just look at it as, oh, okay, well, that's just what they're doing. But they're actually doing something. They have a plan. It's propaganda. It comes from the white supremacists, which they have agreed to align with to uh, cause your destruction. Well, understand something. There's no separation between the elitists, eugenics, white supremacy, and, and all all the ritualistic nonsense. It's all the same thing. It's all the same entity, right. same purpose, same function. I mean, there there is a mythos, there's legend, or rather rumor. Not even rumor. It's more of a um, it's an actual story that states that. Lucifer himself sat down with Darwin and dictated or gave him the information for the theory of evolution. That's hmm. one of the, the myths that, that circulated about where this stuff came from. Because understand something. If you look at the theory of evolution for what it is, you'll see very clearly that it's a religion. It's an actual religion. The people who hmm. believe in it do so religiously. They conduct themselves as if it were a religion. But long story short is, when you study the music industry, you start to see a lot of occult symbolism. For example, one thing I got into last evening when we had this conversation was the fact that you hear Little Wayne talking about making it rain. You hear Rihanna got a song about Umbrella, and Jay-Z comes and says, Rain Man is back. You got a, a movie oh, wow. called Rain. You got a movie called Rain Man. You have Bob Dylan talking about Rain Man back in the day. This phrase, this term, Rain Man or making it rain, has been around since at least the 60s. That's before hip-hop, by the way. That's prior mm-hmm. to hip-hop. So, so don't, it, it didn't originate in strip clubs. Now, what's right. interesting 
is that Rain Man is actually a pseudonym in the occult world for Lucifer. Hmm. On wow. top of that, on top of that, we're talking about Rihanna's umbrella. And if you want to go to a wonderful website, not wonderful, but a website where a guy does some pretty good research and does a good explanation of um, some different videos and different things, it's called a Vigilant Citizen. This guy oh, does yes, excellent, I know him. He does an mm-hmm. excellent breakdown of Rihanna's umbrella. Mm-hmm. And actually, in the Necronicon, which is a fictional book from H.P. Lovecraft, well, right, right, it's in the fictional book, but anyway, the term umbrella means ghost or shadow. But in Latin, umbrella is umbra, which means shadow. So when she's saying under my hmm. umbrella, she's literally saying under the shadow of the rain man. Hmm. JT says rain man is back. Rihanna, where are you at? That song is an occult homage to Lucifer. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, like I said, we, we just don't pay attention to those things. We just sing along with them and say, oh, she's talking about love. She wants him to come under her umbrella so that she can take care of him and all that. Well, it's far from what we even think. And we have to just really investigate these things that we're listening to. Um, but of course, like I said, we just kind of go along and get along. And I wanted to bring up, since you were talking about symbolism, I just found out, um, you know, that the Versace symbol is that Medusa. And everybody's getting that Medusa um, shirt and the Medusa medallion and all this stuff. Um, and, and they just, they do it because it's the popular thing. But you're actually, you know, putting this thing in your life, you know, this Medusa symbolism. Well, it's funny you say Medusa. Keep in mind that there are those who believe that these creatures like Medusa and the, 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 the like a satyr or a minotaur, centaur, mm-hmm. these creatures mm-hmm. are not merely things of fiction, that they existed mm-hmm. at one time. And that, may, mm-hmm. that, that might be hard for some folks to believe, but before you start shaking your head, understand this. Right now, our scientists have already created a lamb with a human's heart. Mm. That's in existence right now on this planet. There's also a mouse with a human ear attached to it. That's already been done on this planet. And many other instances. So hybridization is not anything new. It is believed that this was done in the past also. See, the only reason that we believe that man in the past is not as smart as man in the present is because they're not believing what's in the Bible. The hmm. Bible tells us, intelligent people, that man came out intelligent from the start. There was never a point in time when man was not intelligent. Never. Not one. Hmm. The Bible also tells you there's nothing new under the sun. Right. So, so let me see now. So the sun has been around before. And now let me just say this real quick. The Indians, as in over in Asia, they are saying 
that they had aircraft, not airplanes, aircraft capable of not only going from here to there, but from continent to continent and planet to planet 7,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Not 700, 7,000 years ago. And they have diagrams that's of believable. these vehicles. They're diagrams that's believable, Alex. That's totally believable because we're still trying to figure out how the pyramids were built. But it just simply means that we don't know. Okay, that's that's what it means. So I feel that because of <clears throat> the, cha- the change in power, um, a lot of things were lost. Yes, those white supremacists were able to adapt some of our things and our ways and make them theirs. But some things they were not. That's why some knowledge is not there. Okay, so well, well actually, actually the pre the pre flood knowledge. Mm-hmm. Let me touch this real quick. We understand that we talk about we talk about mankind getting to where they are today. We got to start the Tower of Babel because that's when the seventy different groups are created and dispersed. Well, there mm-hmm. are those who. You understand that the Tower of Babel is not just a little tower, but the Tower of Babel also means gateway to heaven. Hmm. There, there are those who believe that Babylon was not destroyed or the tower was not destroyed, the ziggurat was not destroyed simply because they were building it, is what they were doing. There are those who believe that they were trying to build a portal to invade heaven. Nimrod, who was the first, the first king of kings, the first ruler of the united world, who was another native brother, I won't claim mm-hmm. him, but he was black, this dude had a pantheon of what he calls godlike individuals who were trying to invade heaven. Hold on, Alex, over. real quick, real quick. I, I'll let Go you uh, finish that point. Let, let's see what the caller's saying. Um, let's see here. Oh, wait, I accidentally just hung up on the caller. Let me tell him to call back. Keep going. Keep okay. Going. Well, long, long story short, long story short, there are those who believe they're trying to invade heaven by creating a portal. So my mm-hmm. point here is that they had technology that we don't have. Mm-hmm. We can't create those portals. That's why we start seeing these little circles in the sky, the energy coming through. There are people mm-hmm. telling you something's going on because we're trying to create that technology they had back then. Some believe that's what CERN is about. So we understand that we're talking about a lot of different things that all come down to one thing, and that's the way our world is ruled by globalized evil. And those in power here in America, and I mean, do you, okay. do you, did you hear? Wait, here, here's the caller again, Alex. One second. Proceed. Hi, eight thirty-two. Who do we have on the line? Oh, you can hear me. Yes, we can hear you. Yeah, how you doing? How you doing? My name is Donald. Oh. Okay, Donald, can you speak into your phone so we can hear you very yeah. clearly? Hello, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. I got a nice, uh, nice show today. Well, uh, I know we all have problems, and it's rough out here for each and every one of us. We got these people out here with making money, ain't even trying to help our people. You got LeBron James. He got a scholarship, college fund, 
for kids, but he ain't say nothing about black kids. It's all about just right. kids in general. So we exactly. always getting left out. You know hmm. what I'm saying? And nobody's saying, well, what's the problem is you gonna help the people get to college. No, we need to start all the way from the bottom, from pre-K all the way on up. Yeah. You, going, you, 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 the problem is not going for the college. We need to, we gotta start back with the babies now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. I just wanted to put my input in on that part, but well, I, it's a nice show. Thank y'all very much. Well, thank you, Donald, for calling in. Call back anytime to the Tando Radio Show. We thank you so much. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Good, good word. I'm, glad, I'm so glad he said that because that's what I'm saying in a nutshell. If, if you're trying to go back home and you want to help somebody, help those starving, poor black kids like you who had no other option. See, white kids can be poor when they're young. They grow up. They walk into a, a into a, a interview. They're gonna get hired before any black person that shows up. Period. They yeah, already have their gifts. They have their privilege. Black folks have no privilege. LeBron James could be an extra privilege for each extra black kid that he gives a gift to instead of a white one. And that's why I have a problem with some of these celebrities now because they're not men enough to come out and say, I'm going to help my poor black brothers and sisters, period. You don't like it, deal with it. That's right. what he needs to do as a man. Just come up and say, I'm going to feed these black babies. You do what you got to do on your end. Because they're doing it. Well, Alex, you know, I mean, we talked about this before. If they do anything extensive for black people... They're either going to get defamed or killed, but that's the risk that they have to be willing to take. And I don't see anybody taking that risk. No, because they because they worship their money. Now, <laughs> let me get back to something real quickly. A lot of people have a hard time believing that um, there's a conspiracy or that there's an actual occult world out there who's who's trying to bring forth evil. I'm looking at a picture right now on 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 um. On Google, the picture of Iggy Azalea wearing what's labeled Illuminati's new fashion, Illuminati's new false goddess. You can see her wearing a gown full of symbols that represent Illuminati philosophy. And it's not just her. You can look at Jay-Z, who literally takes a line from Alistair Crowley, do what thou wilt. That's uh-huh. one of Crowley's most famous lines. Jay-Z has a sweatshirt with that on it that he wears. I mean, right. that, that's, that, that's Luciferian. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, his rock symbol just happens to be the same hand signal as a lot of occult practices. Right. And throughout hip-hop, there's so many references now to evil. And um, you can you you can count the times they say Lucifer or Jay Z has a song about Lucifer. He claims he never read the Bible, but it's a song about Lucifer. Why? Hmm. See, see, people don't think about that. So no, one day he's talking, one day he's rapping, one day he's rapping about Lucifer. The next day he's talking about he's Rain Man. Then he's doing an interview a few years back saying that when he's doing his one rap. He got, you know, it wasn't him doing it. It was like, like some something came over him, which is actually the same thing that Beyonce says. 
were the same thing a lot of them say. Like something took over me. I don't know what happened. But if you watch them, you can actually see the transformation. You can see how different they've become um, when this transformation is taking place. I mean, you have to be blind not to see it. Um, but, again, we go along and get along. Um, and with that being said, uh, I mean, I want to go into something else. What about... What about the sacrifices? Let's talk about that. You know, all these family members that these celebrities have suddenly die off or whatever um, because they have to make a sacrifice to the satanic power in order to get where they need to go. Nobody's talking about that, but that's absolutely what's happening. I, I, I agree with you with the sacrifices. I also believe that a lot of these contracts these people write have expiration dates. I really believe that these people have contracts like people like Bill Cosby. I think mm-hmm. I think they all know. <laughs> yes. I don't want to. I don't want to just kick oh, Bill while he's down. Please. But, but, but hey, hey, hey. <laughs> let me let me say this to you. I'm, I'm gonna put it like this. I'm gonna put it like this. I think Bill Cosby was the biggest ponies ever because before Bill got in trouble. He was telling black people to be better parents and black mothers have having babies. My man was going uh-huh. on. He was so right. pro-black, so righteous. Mm-hmm. Then this righteous man is out there having sex with 30, 40, 50 women and with drugging them and raping them. It's, I mean, what, whatever happened as their business as far as, you know, did he rape them or not? I don't know. But what I'm saying is one thing I do know is he's not a moral man or righteous man. So that makes me ask the question, what was he thinking when he was talking so righteously? We, we was talking so defiant about you people stop being bad. Was that mm. something that was personal to him, or was that a script mm. he was reading? Was he reading from a script? Oh come on, please. <laughs> so you already I mean, know. That's what I'm saying. That, yes, I already know, and I'll take it a step <laughs> further. He already knew that they were going to do this to him. Okay, he already knew that. This is just like ridiculous. I mean, nobody is thinking about this stuff. Nobody questions anything, but the listeners of this show, they are definitely aware that there is some strange stuff going on in this world, and we have just been the butt of many jokes, um, but, but stations like the Black Talk Radio Network were able to, you know, just come into some knowledge and understanding, and people like you, I, I definitely appreciate you for coming on this show today and enlightening us. Oh, it looks like we have a caller. Let me take the caller real quick. Go ahead. Area code 317, you're on the air. Hello? Hello, caller, can you hear me? Supposed to be a bad connection. Well, sometimes people, excuse me, I just muted them. Sometimes people just calling in to listen on their phones. And so if they hit star six and one, that'll put them in their bottom box, the Q&A queue. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. Yes. Give me just a second. Did we lose our connection? No, we did not lose our connection. Um, Hold up. Hold it. Okay, there we go. There we go. I think that's it. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something's going on with the conference line. Hold up. Because um, our voices are not registering in the conference line. I should see that, but I'm showing that I'm connecting to it on the phone so there's just strange things going on and we're not going to let that distract us so y'all continue on with the program sorry about that okay not a problem problem. 
We got um, about, let's see, we got a few minutes left. So, um, I mean, our conversation, of course, is very interesting and engaging. Um, but go ahead, Alex. What What is it that you're trying to tell us? I'm looking at a picture right now of a notorious B.I.G. wearing a jacket with the numbers 666 on it. Mm. Now, that means nothing. This and service is provided in high definition by free count. Until you look at the fact that um. so many of these other artists are wearing clothing with symbols that rep represent the occult world. Mm -hmm. Watch the videos, you see the images. The Anytime you see the, the all-seeing eye, that's something mm -hmm. that represents the Illuminati. And when I say Illuminati, I don't mean just the one group that came and left. I'm talking about the actual elitists that are behind the scenes. And remember, whether you believe in the Illuminati or not, think of it this way. If a bunch of poor people can have a gang, do a bunch of dumb stuff, do you really believe that a bunch of rich guys can't have a gang and do a bunch of dumb stuff? <laughs> well, Alex, you know what? That, that, that's true, but look at this thing. This is the, this is the thing that I find an issue with. Um, we, um, oh, we, um, have like separate sides, I want to say, because you have the people who are into, um, the Afrocentrism, that's not the word, but just black, black history and Egypt history and all this. And they deal with the pyramids and they deal with the all seeing eye. And, you know, the all seeing eye is not a bad thing to them. Um, and, and the, the stance that we're talking about right now is because someone has told us that these things are bad and they're really not bad. What do you have to say about that? I say do your research better. Because if you stop at commit, you're not going to find the truth. Commit is not the first civilization. Most of, even the deities of commit came from Cush or Babylon. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that the imagery, the religion, the philosophy that came out of commit is directly descended from Nimrod, Samaritus, and Tammuz. Nimrod gave commit all of this symbology. So we're talking mm -hmm. about the all-seeing eye that goes back to Nimrod and Lucifer. We're talking about Horus. We're talking about Othar and Oset. That's Nimrod, Samaramis, and that's Tammuz. Mm -hmm. if, you look, if, you, if you do the research, you see it very clearly. It can't be denied. The stories are identical. The right. priest of right. Babylon did a phenomenal job in teaching people that this guy here is everywhere to, and everything to everybody. That's why you have so many right. different versions right. of Nimrod, like Gilgamesh and Apollo and Poseidon and Dagon and all these other false images. Ridiculous. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot behind that. I mean, you have Nimrod and then you have Tammuz and then the whole thing with weeping for Tammuz and you know, and it's just like history that people don't really know about, but it, it just really seems like two different sides. It's like quote, Christianity side, and then the um, African history side. Um, well, there's, there's, no, there's no such thing as Christianity. There's no well, such thing as Christianity. That's, that's, what they, that, that's what they call it, though, Christianity. You call that's it, what they call it. There's, there, there's pretty much, 
there's disciples who follow the scripture, and then there's the mm-hmm. Roman Catholic people. Right. So either, well, we so know pretty, how that goes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're if you're done with the Pope and, 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 and all that Sunday Sabbath, if you think the Sabbath is Sunday, you haven't done your research. If you think L-O-S-T, that, yes. If you think mm. that civilization began in Egypt, you haven't done your research. If you think a white man wrote the Bible, you haven't done your research. See, what I do is I deal with the actual facts, whether I like them or not. I'm not happy mm-hmm. Nimrod was a, was, was, a, was an evil guy. I mean, it's a great story. A right. brother ruled the world, but he was a, he was a devil worshiper. Right. I right. mean, it's crazy. Well, I mean, go ahead. It, it, it definitely is crazy, but unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the show, and I need to announce that the race treaty is on tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tonight's show is Politics and Politics, Human Rights and Metadata. Um, so hopefully you all can tune into that. Um, as usual, Alex, we've had a wonderful discussion. Um, I mean, we don't have enough time. Two hours is just not enough time to get the information out to our people. So we definitely have to do this again. Um, I look forward to talking to you soon. Um, and um, I invite everybody to continue to join us on Black Talk Radio, www.blacktalkradionetwork.com. And um, stay connected with the station and feel free to do a donation too. Um, but again, Alex, thank you for coming on the program, and I will talk to you soon, okay? Take care, my sister. Good to see you. Thank you. Even with nothing, and you know tenderness comes from pain. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.